And of course, it would sound something like this. My music is fictional, but it's based on different ethnic sounds and instruments. It was sort of all make-believe type of thing, uh, uh, fictioning. It's what people uh, think the islands might be like in their own mind. Hey guys, welcome back to Napalm Nanny in the Shack. I am the discarded King Cobra beer can outside the alleyway punk show, Napalm Nanny. And let me remind you that I wasn't speeding that one time officer and to find me on Instagram under Napalm Nanny in the Shack. And a huge thank you to Fish and Molka Hit the Mommy for the kindness and support you guys have extended. I honestly don't know what I did to deserve you guys. Now on to the show. And I absolutely had to revisit the Exotica episode because what kind of a monster would I be if I didn't give you all the Martin Denny history? So shut that pretty pie hole up and enjoy. Denny was born April 10th of 1911 in New York City. A child prodigy, at age 10, he studied piano under Lester Spitz and Isidore Gorn. And for four years, he toured South America with a Don Dean orchestra, followed by a 43 month stint in the US Air Force during World War II. Then, following his December 1945 discharge, Denny settled in Los Angeles, studying piano, composition, and orchestration at the Los Angeles Conservatory of Music. Then, in early 1954, he relocated to Hawaii, contracting to appear at the Honolulu Club Don the Beachcombers. Then, the following year, Denny formed his own group, originally consisting of vibist Arthur Lyman, bassist John Kramer, and percussionist Augie Colon. And in 1956, while appearing at Shell Bar, a club inside the open-air Oahu Resort Hawaiian Village, complete with a small pond adjacent to the stage, the combo realized that the croaking of nearby bullfrogs blended perfectly with their tropical musical approach. Then, on a whim, Colon also began imitating bird calls on stage, much to the delight of the audience. 
Then Denny soon began incorporating South Pacific and Far East instruments into his arrangements as well. And by the time he recorded his Liberty Records debut, 1957's Exotica, his singular sound was firmly in place. And the release of Exotica proved perfectly timed as the 50s drew to a close. Tiki culture was all the rage in mainland America, with Hawaiian shirts, a fashion trend, and tiki torches a staple of backyard parties. Moreover, the evolution from mono to stereo recording and playback had taken root. And with its bird whistles, jungle calls, and far-flung instruments, the many distinctive components of Denny's sounds were ideal for channel separation. And before I get ahead of myself, here's this week's playlist.
Originally composed by Les Baxter, the instrumental Quiet Village was a massive success, earning Denny and his group an appearance on TV's American Bandstand, and the accompanying Exotica LP topped the Billboard charts. 
But ironically, even as his music came to embody Hawaiian culture and its mythical allure, Denny himself was no longer a fixture of the island musical culture. After a bitter contract dispute with Kaiser, he brought his group stateside, and they made their first mainland appearance at the 1957 Pebble Beach Crosby Open Golf Tournament Party. And this is where it gets catty, because Kaiser lured Lyman, Denny's original vibist, back to Hawaii to assume Denny's vacated spot, headlining the Shell Bar. So, for many listeners, the Exotica craze proved short-lived, and Denny never again matched the success of Quiet Village, although subsequent singles including A Taste of Honey, The Enchanted Sea, and The Ebb Tide did find some favor on the pop charts. But for connoisseurs, the story certainly doesn't end there. Denny continued making records in his trademark style throughout the 60s, and many of them housed in eye-popping sleeves featuring model Sandy Warner who was such a presence that she was even dubbed the Exotica Girl. And while his interest in African and Pacific Rim musical traditions yielded concept records like Sayonara, other efforts turned more towards conventional easy listening, which Liberty dubbed his honey sound. And for the most part, Denny remained a restless innovator. For Primitiva, he recorded using a number of gongs, drums, and odd brass instruments acquired from a Buddhist mountaintop temple in Burma by friend and filmmaker John Sturgis. And apparently, according to legend, the instruments were then carried down the mountain by procession of Buddhist monks. And there's still so much more to this man's life and contribution to music, but I'll save that for another episode. Till then, here's the rest of the playlist. Enjoy!
yet another episode gone and honestly thank you guys so much for spending some time with me i appreciate the support and it honestly keeps the shack going or at least it boosts my morale when i'm knee deep in an existential crisis and wondering what's the point and i honestly cannot put into words how much i appreciate every message comment share they mean so much more to me than you realize so until next week i am your four-eyed host the one the only napalm nanny stay safe out there guys (laughs) 